This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Now, one thing we always encourage you to do, our listeners to do, is to pick up the SOM newsletter. Uh, in the newsletter, we're able to unpack a number of stories, give you some full-color pictures to show you what's happening on the front and how SOM is involved with those who are risking much for Christ. This last newsletter, David, it was kind of sobering, to tell you the truth. It was it was joyful in the fact that God is doing some really amazing work all over the world, but also there are some who have risked a lot for Christ, and sometimes those risks have uh, ended in some kind of tragic circumstances. So uh, I want to talk a little bit more about these stories that are coming out of India right now. Um, uh, David, you were just in India, and you were interacting with uh, Kamala. Uh, tell us about Kamala and about, my, uh, I hope I say this right, uh, Yalam's. Yalam. Is that, yep. I'm saying mm-hmm. that right, David? Again? Yep, that works. Yalam. And tell us about Yalam's mm-hmm. story and Kamala and and your, uh, the way you've been able to interact with this family and the great uh, sacrifices mm-hmm. they're making for the gospel. Yeah, thanks, Mark, for even referring to this newsletter because, you know, once a month we try to highlight some of the stories of the newsletters because it's so powerful and we have an amazing team. Is uh, Mark, you're even part of that. And uh, so much goes into it and we have to whittle down to, you know, what we feel is the main focus. Uh, but what I love coming together on the radio with you, Mark, is we can bring uh, some more of the details and certainly the emotion. And this newsletter was extra special, certainly for me, because it's still fresh. I was just there a few weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. We were just yeah. there. So I was able to interview uh, Kamala and, uh, and and hear more of the details about Yalam's uh, story and her husband. And um, I mean, just so touched. And and uh, my, my, what a lot of people don't know is my wife actually is the uh, publishing director. So she puts all this together and she, she, she read through this. She was just like, this is leading a legacy. Yeah, when you use it, it's leaving a legacy. But uh, you're talking about how you lead, mm-hmm. how you lead in the direction of making sure that there is a legacy where you've gone. I mean, that that's kind of a different play mm-hmm. on words. And I think that that's a up well uh, just to comment on that and then go into her story because leaving a legacy is kind of what what our life you know left and the the witness of it and the lives impacted uh, but leading is that play in the word is the idea that as disciples we're leaders and we are to be intentional mm. with our life to impact God impact his kingdom to order our life that way uh, and and that's that is going to be our legacy as it's left and and certainly you know I I think this is perfect that leads into Kamala's story now right, uh, because right. here is a, a woman who incredible focus I mean I you know I have had hundreds of interviews probably Mark in my lifetime now I've never counted but I've interviewed a lot of persecuted believers and um, as I was right. speaking with her I had a humbling feeling and the sense of being in the greatness of Christ and his saints um, higher than even often I just it was like wow this is a special moment and we all felt that too the whole team wow. um, and, and, and I think it's people hear the story here though they understand but bottom line is uh, Mar- her, her husband just on March 17th six gunmen came to uh, the their house, came to the door and called uh, Yalom out and uh, he was eating dinner. He still had rice in his hands. He, he met him. They, they brought him just right outside the door. They had guns immediately 
one of the gunmen brought the gun to him uh, right in his neck, gave one shot, another shot to his chest. Uh, he fell down there. They even oh. took a knife, and uh, it's gruesome. Yeah, they, they, they stabbed him uh, many times over, made sure he was dead before they left. And, and, uh, and it, right there in front of his family, mm-hmm. they, they did this. Is that what I'm Yeah, yeah, she was five feet away. That, that makes it especially awful yeah i i'm almost having honestly i i feel like i'm almost having trauma hearing this story but i'm watching her and just the peace and the presence she has and the way she's able to convey the story with such faith and maturity maybe it's the best words i can use um i mean she was really uh, uh, quite a witness to me i mean and just her lead truly her leadership and mm-hmm. um and so she went on to say you know this top point in the, just the feelings i'm going through is she went on to say how during this very moment because i started to ask her about the trial and what that was like what that felt like and she said that the she heard the lord's voice speaking to her be strong i am with you I, I will never leave you. Um, and, and so she continued to just, she said, have the peace and the presence of God through it there so much that she didn't go through trauma. And, um, and, and then she began to tell us how her husband had gotten these letters from the militants, the communist uh, militants in there that are in conflict with the government, controlling all the people and great, a lot of, they control the people by fear and violence and and so he and 20, ultimately 23 uh, mm-hmm. pastors had received letters like this, a few of them threatening they even stop preaching Jesus or they're going to kill them. And they were in red letters, they said, and, um, and they continued to put up the pressure. And she said, y'all have sensed his time was near because he was saying more about, about how one of these days he's going to leave to go do God's work and he's not going to come home, but they are to continue the work and that the Lord would take him home mm-hmm. for his service. And she even went on to say a, a week before she had a, a vision of Jesus speaking to him, the words that continue to speak to him. I am with you. I'm your strength. I'm your power through whatever you go through. And she felt like God was telling her this to prepare for, you know, maybe the, the death and martyrdom of her husband. And uh, and so she said immediately then that the the uh, village was going, oh, we told you to stop preaching Jesus. You know, this is your fault. You chose to be stupid and continue to do this thing. And now, you know, you're suffering the consequences. And they thought the whole, you know, the whole congregation would fall apart. But she went on to say, this is her quote. It was so amazing. She said, just with the Lord's strength and presence, that she said, I buried my husband on Saturday and on Sunday I led the prayer group and the time of believers together, the fellowship in that village. She's continuing on with uh, with what's happening there mm-hmm. in, in their church. And um, uh, tell me a little bit about their church in the next couple mm-hmm. of seconds here, David. What's their church like and how, how's their church uh, dealing with the, the death of their pastor? Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, the, the the even the villagers and people said, who who is this woman uh, that she forgives the murders. She says she has no bitterness towards them. And she's has a smile on her face and she's preaching a message of love. And so this event has actually drawn more believers to the fellowship. Uh, they, they, she said wow. more has happened just in the week, the month and a half, um, that we, when we've interviewed her since her husband was killed, uh, then all her, their ministry together. And so the Lord is using this to truly exalt the Christ like leadership, in Kamala, and it was just a powerful experience to, to see her faith um, and how she's trusting the Lord. We we even pressed her on like, what well, was there a time that you that you really um, 
you know, tr had trauma and suffered, you know, and, and grieved. And she said, well, there was for one night I, I, I cried for a few hours. She said, I don't know how long it was. And she said, she just felt the Holy Spirit come and comfort her mm. and, and tell her I am with you and just bring healing to her heart. And she says, other than that, really, she's just been strong and at peace. Mm. Well, when we get back, I have a, uh, several more questions about this story, and I, I think that there's a lot of things that are on my heart and mind as I hear about this woman who has uh, risked much, who's suffered much for the gospel, and this man who, who risked it all, and uh, what an encouragement that is to us, and uh, an encouragement for us yet again to pray for those who are, who are in chains and who are suffering for the Lord's name. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. And David just got back from a trip to India. Now, the reason for the trip, and I think we mentioned this, was a graduation of a, a huge group of church planters. And as these church planters go out and they start these churches, uh, all over India, and there are literally tens of thousands of these churches at this point, and these church planters go out by the hundreds. Uh, we're just recounting the story of Yalom, who has given the ultimate sacrifice for the gospel. Uh, he was uh, killed several weeks ago by radical people who didn't want the gospel to go forward, but yet his widow, Kamala, is smiling as leading their church is full of joy and people are are responding david tell me this why would somebody risk so much for the gospel and for that matter why do you think that god that god allows for those who are trying to take the gospel into these remote areas why does he allow this kind of thing to happen sometimes I think that's the that's the hard part, isn't it? Yeah, that's I think a question on, on my mind a lot. Perfect and really interesting enough, Mark. As I was interviewing her, I mean that's kind of where my mind went. I had this almost kind of this out of body experience, like I am not talking to a human. Where you know you begin to analyze what you're thinking and what's happening, and <laughs> it's like this woman isn't even human. She's like a stranger on this earth, you know, kind of thing. Uh, because her faith was so powerful and she hadn't gone through the normal trauma of, you know, experience like that. And I just and it all of a sudden occurred to me, OK, that is how the world experiences me and other believers, because we're just so radically different. And and she even for a believer, obviously, she's a radical, the radical and, and God's done a mighty work in her. And so I just got to experience that emotionally. And, and yet I think that's it. You know, when the Holy Spirit sets us apart, we are leaders. And here she is leading with Christ, leading that legacy because she's led by the Holy Spirit and she has a the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's overcoming the experience of this earth. She truly is, as the scripture talks about, a stranger on this earth. Right. And and, and I got the, and it was so powerful to experience that. And, and so I think it brought me to a greater depth of even you know, in this leadership podcast, what that leadership 
looks like um and in and, and one of the things we talked about as a team afterwards yeah is the expectation they have is so opposite than uh, much of even in in the united states here is how they um they expect they expected, he expected to be martyred. She expected her husband be taken for the Lord. They expect, we saw difficulty, trials, persecution. And so when it comes to there, they give it to the Lord. They're already in faith that the God's going to use it, is using, going through it. And then as they come out of it, they, they continue to look towards the Lord through all the circumstances. And obviously when it's easier not happening, they're even, even more joy with that. So there's just this constant joy coming up. I mean, you know, even if we had the newsletter, those people who haven't get to look at it. I mean, if you see that face, you know, it's on the, it was, she was just radiant. Yeah, she is just radiant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this was after we interviewed her. I mean, obviously she was carrying the weight and everything and it was very sober and right. somber right. and, you know, conversation during the time. But I mean, after we got these pictures and here she just radiates, you know, yeah, right. and it was just so powerful to me to a demonstration of the leadership of Christ in us and how we can overcome uh, in, in great tragedy and suffering and lead through it. Well, there's there's so many other questions I have, but uh, I, the first thing that comes to mind is I, I wonder how we would be different here in the States if we knew that becoming a Christian would greatly increase our chances of being killed for our faith. Uh, it seems like there's a real sober-mindedness uh, about your commitment to Christ when you know that that is a real possibility. Yeah, I, I think that is totally true and i and what i've seen in history and you know around the world and all my travels 54 nations now in my lifetime is that the well, beauty of it uh it becomes it it makes you immediately weigh what's true and what's not i mean are are you really yeah going to depend upon jesus is he really working authentically in your life uh because if not you know you're going to lead the um, you're not going to suffer. You're not going to die for something that isn't the truth. You know, and there's that power uh, right, to transform. Right. And so I think that's part of the reason why these believers are so quickly are uh, mature in Christ. I mean, it's amazing how it's kind of like we have that we, we laughed about. It's kind of like the microwave Christians over there. I mean, some of these believers we interviewed, uh, Mark, are uh, most of them over there actually, you know, three to five years old. And the Lord, many of them, I mean, mature and they brought hundreds to the Lord and, and they just have these incredible stories. Wow. And, and, and amazing insight. And, you know, they're church planters and they've only been a few years in the Lord. And uh, and I think it's the like you're alluding to, it's the suffering that they have to face. And in some ways um, in America, it would probably, you know, thin out the crowds very quickly. But those who are left would be much richer for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and now uh, let me ask you just a couple of uh, personal questions, um, you know, about about Kamala and her family. Um, I'm assuming they have kids. Is that is that uh, something that I should assume? Yeah. Tell me about the children and how they're dealing with all this. Yeah. So he went into that. First of all, I, did, I, I forgot to mention his first wife had, had, had passed away. And he, this is the second wife. They'd been married 20 years, though. Mm. So, I mean, a, a lot of oh, wow. you know experiences and memories there. And uh, so he had two children from his first wife. And um, right, he was right. uh, 25 years old and then a 32-year-old that was married. And I pressed on in that in, like, how are the kids dealing with it? And she said, oh, the kids had the, the, the children have the same attitude. They, they knew... 
and, and expected as, as the father told them that he was going to die for Christ and they want to follow in his footsteps. They're, they're mighty and bold witnesses for Christ also. Mm. And, um, and so the, as a family, we have peace and we're persevering with greater courage. But tell me about the church uh, that he leaves behind. Our church is, because uh, mm. I, I don't know if he has just one or he has several. Obviously, they're having to move forward without a pastor. How are they dealing with uh, with the loss of their pastor and how are they reorganizing the leadership there in their churches in order to uh, continue the gospel work that started in their villages? Yeah, well, again, she, you know, she says it's very difficult um, because of the the, the communist uh, Marxist uh, you know element and in control in that area uh, so it's been slow work uh, you know it's spreading the gospel in other churches and stuff like that they um, I, I didn't get all the details of exactly how many they definitely have a fellowship together of, of other believers in other villages they're coming but their their main fellowship was at, um, at their house there and um, and that's what she's leading now right. uh, like I said because uh, you know she immediately picked up the leadership of that and that's been the powerful witness is that she wasn't devastated she didn't quit and um, that's been was has been a real powerful witness to the village and so I think that's even inspiring the men you know to rise up right. and even take more leadership uh, because you know the whole village was watching her husband like it and they knew he had been threatened they were wondering okay what's going to happen then he fought and they shot and killed mm. and uh, they think okay yep that's exactly what we expected but now there's this power coming from the widow and faith being built up it's going against what the flesh would expect certainly and and the and the body crisis being built up and they're being built up in faith you'd mentioned there's 23 other pastors in this area mm-hmm. 23 i imagine they're all connected together in some way um mm-hmm. what kind of risks are they facing and how are how are they dealing with this same kind of movement mm-hmm. that must be happening in their villages as well yeah well they're praying for each other i mean they're, they've watched the situation uh with uh, yalom you know who's again the co go hearted another brother in Christ uh, preaching the gospel and um and so, I mean, it's very sobering to them and their families. Uh, but again, what's coming out of this is now they see the faith and the network and, and the believers uh, serving one another and even being more courageous from it. And so it's even caused the other pastors not to shrink back uh, from all, you know, we could tell and the stories we've gotten. So, uh, you know, it's encouraging. It's a, it's an amazing work what God could do in the, in, in the most difficult and dangerous of situation that the Lord can work in our hearts to overcome. And I pray that... That those who are listening today, if they're in a difficult situation, I want to encourage them to um, just ask the Lord. It's the same Holy Spirit uh, that's in Kamala uh, that could be in their heart too to overcome and see what God's doing and to really trust the Lord through it. Well, David, thank you for that report back. We want to encourage you to step out as you're be becoming a better leader in the kingdom of God. And I hope that this story has been an inspiration to you. Um, we want to keep you informed about those who are risking much for Jesus. And the main way we do that is through our newsletter. So we would greatly encourage you to subscribe to the newsletter. This newsletter comes out once a month. It features stories like this one. And we would love for you to be able to see these pictures, to see the team around uh, Kamala, to see a picture of Yalom on his bike because he's getting ready to go out and plant some churches and take a deep dive into what it means to suffer much for Christ. Um, hey, if you have a question for us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find our contact information. You can sign up for the newsletter all at atriskradio.com. And lastly, we're a crowdfunded ministry. We're supported as you sign up to become a monthly donor or you buy books in the bookstore over at spiritofmartyrdom.com. I'm supposed to say, David, I, I know, not buy books, but 
you get a book in exchange for mm-hmm. a donation. You donate to the ministry. We, yeah, send, we love giving. We away send you a book. <laughs> <laughs> David mm-hmm. just wrote a book about uh, the incredible work that's happening in India. We'd love to send that to you as well. Hey, until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.